Hey folks, how's it going? Welcome back. Uh, today's gonna be a great episode. We're gonna talk about uh, gun control, the Second Amendment, how we could uh, slow down, hopefully stop this uh, gun violence uh, in our country and uh, you know these massacres at the schools. So welcome back to another episode and another season of Run It By My Lawyer. Uh, it's gonna be a great time, I promise. And, um, you know, I was, uh, I took a break for a couple weeks. Okay. And, uh, a few people asked me like, Hey, what's going on? Why didn't you do an episode and, and when's the next episode? So I was, I was extremely happy to hear that. Um, I thought to myself, wait a minute, there are people watching this. <laughs> Sweet. Thank you very, very much. Uh, I appreciated it. So it gave me a lot of encouragement for, to restart the second season of run it by my lawyers. Uh, sorry. Run it by my lawyer, okay? <laughs> um, all right, so one of the things that always irks me is, uh, you know, as, as a lawyer, you know, I, I read a lot of, uh, you know, letters from other lawyers, uh, you know, court arguments, like court uh, opinions, and I listen to people, right? And uh, the word, this is a little grammar tip, um, the word literally, okay? Listen, you literally never need to use the word literally, <laughs> okay? So, for example, uh, that guy literally has five cats, right? You could have just said that guy has five cats, all right? That, that, uh, that lady literally makes a million dollars a month uh, on YouTube or whatever, right? You could have just said that lady makes a million dollars a month. You do not need to use the word literally. So anytime someone uses that word, I want you to stop everything and ask that person, did you literally need to use the word literally there? <laughs> okay. Um, all right, so now let's get on to uh, the topic for today. I know it's on a lot of people's minds, especially in the last uh, week, Right, we had a, a big shooting in Buffalo, New York, and then uh, near San Antonio, Texas. It's um, and we have you know um, like old people getting killed, little kids. I mean, it's been freaking nightmare, right? And this is something that's been going on over and over in our country. So I wanted to address kind of the laws and issues relating to this, uh, to the the issues of gun control and and some of the reasoning why. Uh, or how hard it is to get this to stop, you know, because everyone's like, oh, we need more gun control. Um, we need this. We need that. The problem is that's not going to work <laughs> because uh, it, it goes a little further than that. There are uh, specific laws and, and things that uh, just cannot change overnight. Even if the legislatures want to change it, they can't. All right. So let me explain. Okay. So we go back to the 1770s and 1780s and 1790s, around the time of the, the writing of the Constitution, the ratification of the Constitution. And uh, remember, the, the reason why it's called the Second Amendment is because they had the Constitution and then they were drafting amendments to it, like kind of changes to it so that other states would ratify it. So obviously the one in question here is the Second Amendment, Okay. Uh, now, the, the actual text of the Second Amendment is uh, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, okay? So that was the, uh, that's the text of the Second Amendment. And that uh, one sentence has been the subject of, you know, 
hundreds of court cases, if not, well, I'm sorry, thousands of court cases. It's been the subject of political debate, uh, economic debate, you know, all of the above. And this is part of the reason why I said that even if the legislatures agree on uh, some sort of mass gun control or whatnot, uh, it won't work <laughs> because um, the way the Constitution works is it goes like this. Okay, um, and, and let me read like this this little part. It says, "A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed." So, what that means. Um, could be like so if the legislature let's just say tomorrow you know the 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 congress the federal congress and every state got together and said okay we're going to uh, disallow guns we're going to take every gun away and we're going to like have no guns in the population anymore okay even if they wanted to do that they wouldn't be allowed because the constitution says you know shall not be infringed so the right to to uh to the bare arms shall not be infringed now the Second Amendment, so the theory behind the Constitution goes like this. Uh, the framers of the Constitution, right, they wanted to have a government that uh, had to abide by a certain uh, set of rules, okay? And the rules, uh, you know, in terms of how it operates and the rules of kind of like what I call like the minimum rights for people, you know, like the First Amendment, there's minimum rights, uh, minimum rights to, you know, in a criminal case, if if someone is uh, being prosecuted, they have a right to a, a, an attorney and a right to a jury, you know, things like that, okay? So here there's this, uh, like, a minimum right, the, the constitutional right, the Second Amendment. And um, and it, the debate kind of goes like this. And, uh, okay, a well-regulated militia being necessary to security of a free state, okay? Then it says, uh, and this is the funny part about this. The text is that for centuries, the Supreme Court, state courts, uh, you know, politicians, they even look at the Second Amendment and they they debate the commas in there and they debate, well, if the framers meant this or that, they would have put a period and then they would have started a new sentence or, you know, so it's pretty crazy how uh, they kind of get into the grammar of this. OK, and what I mean by that it goes like this. So when it, where it says a well-regulated militia. Um, a lot, there's, there's two theories here. Okay. One theory is called the individual rights theory. And the second theory is called the collective rights theory. Okay. The individual rights theory is, you know, as the, as the phrase sounds, it means that each individual person has the right to, uh, carry guns. Okay. Uh, the right to have an AR 15, the right to have a, you know, Glock, all of the above. Okay. That is the individual theory. And uh, those scholars and uh, judges, you know, they say that that is in the Constitution. It's in that Second Amendment where it says the right of the people to keep and bear arms. All right. So that's the individual theory. Uh, the collective theory, that's the other one, the other school of thought, looks at and this is this is seriously how it goes. Uh, the, oh, here we go. This is literally what they do, okay, is they literally look at this and they, they try to think, because the framers are dead, thank you very much, so they try to think, well, what the heck did they mean? Uh, and they, they, they say, well, a well-regulated militia uh, being necessary to the security of a free state, uh, the right of the people to keep and bear arms. They say the collective theory is the theory that the framers wanted to protect the state's right 
to have uh, a militia that it it deems necessary. Okay, um, and that's a big difference because that one, if if that's the case, the collective rights theory, it's kind of a it's more so for the states to have their own militia, you know, so that the federal government can't come and 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 overpower the states, you know, so the states could have some of their own militia, and it also means that the state can decide, you know, what's the you know they could up the uh, barriers to get a gun or up the laws for uh, people to get guns, okay? So that's that's the collective rights theory, okay? Now, in our country, it has always, always been the collective rights theory, meaning that, um, you know, the, the United States Supreme Court for centuries, you know, more or less always said that, no, the way they interpreted this was that it was something where the state was allowed to have their own militia and the state was allowed to kind of decide, you know, they could up the rules in terms of the barriers to to access guns. And so that's why uh, it was always the case that different states had different rules, right? Because the state could decide, like, you know, here's the bare minimum, you know, anyone can get a gun. Here's the bare minimum, anyone over 20 can get a gun. Here's the bare minimum, anyone over 30 and blah, 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 right? Uh, unless you, you know, you have to have a permit and you can't conceal carry and, and whatnot, right? Now, in 2008, the Supreme Court changed that. Um, and this is where, I, this is why I say that legislators, it's not going to be something that they could even, even if they wanted to get together, they can't, okay? And this is, this is why. So there's a Supreme Court case, uh, Heller versus uh, the District of Columbia, okay? And uh, it was a, an individual that wanted to, to you know, have a gun, <laughs> carry a gun, and it was against the laws in Washington, D.C., uh, and it was pretty blatant in the sense that they didn't allow uh, people to have guns, <laughs> right, um, you know, with, with very few exceptions. And so he challenged it, um, and then it, you know, made its way to the courts, the case. And then in 2008, the United States Supreme Court made a decision, and that decision it was, it was what we call a five-to-four decision. You know, in boxing, they would call that a split decision. Uh, and that split decision was, wait, the way we look at this uh, Second Amendment, and they did a, you know, the Supreme Court in its opinion, uh, and Justice Scalia, and uh, who wrote it, said, you know, they go back to the 1760s and 1770s and 1780s and said, well, you know, the, the theory back then was they wanted individuals to carry guns because they wanted to make sure that the government can't just kind of uh, you know, take them over or tyrannize them. Okay. And then, uh, back then, you know, they, they looked at, you know, what the British did, you know, centuries before that, like in the 15th, 16th, 17th centuries, and that the British were kind of allowing more, uh, individuals back then to, uh, carry guns and whatnot. Okay. So the United States Supreme Court in the split decision in 2008, um, interpret. So, so what they said is, we're not making law. <laughs> We're just interpreting the Second Amendment and the way they interpreted it. <laughs> Wait, that's a tough word to say. Interpreted it, <laughs> right? Uh, God, that's a tongue twister. Okay, so the way they interpreted it <laughs> is that they said, the United States Supreme Court, that individuals have the right to carry their own guns and buy their own guns and that the government cannot take that away from them. Okay, uh, that's kind of a big deal, <laughs> obviously. Now, um, this is where, this is some of the things that I've always said, all right? 
the Supreme Court, it's, it's um, I want to go to one thing. Like, this was drives me nuts about the, the United States Supreme Court. Okay, so they make these rulings and they say things like, you know, everyone has a right to carry a gun. And, you know, in, in other uh, dis- decisions, they said, well, of course people can carry a gun. Self-defense and, uh, you know, it's um, things are safer when people you know, when the good guys have guns, <laughs> right? Um, so then what I did is I said, you know what, let me look up the rules of the Supreme Court. And one of the things, and I said this in the last podcast, is one of the biggest gripes I have with the United States Supreme Court is all of these decisions, they have these oral arguments with the the attorneys that represent the different parties and and uh, attorneys for the, you know, the government, attorneys for the, uh, you know, like if it's a criminal defense case, the, the criminal defendant or the, uh, the state's lawyers. So they have these really, really interesting oral arguments. And for the life of me, I can't figure out why they will not let anybody record it. So it's all done in almost secrecy, okay? It just drives me nuts. And what the Supreme Court says, no, we if they want, they could get a transcript of everything. And like I've said before, it'd be like you going to the movie theater because you want to watch the movie, right? And then the, the movie theater says, ah, uh, it's not working. The The film projector is not working. So here you go. Here's a screenplay. Take this home and read it. <laughs> no one's going to do it or very few people. Anyway, in addition, all right, now why is it the case? So what I did is I pulled up the rules of if you want to go to the Supreme Court just for a tour and and very seldomly, like you're allowed to kind of go inside or or see the, you know, how it works and, and where the, the judges or, uh, you know, at the Supreme Court, they call it the justices are, things like that. So first of all, you have to, if you wanted to see any anything in the Supreme Court or if you wanted to like physically be there uh, for an oral argument, okay, it says you have to be there very, very early and whatnot. And then they have this, security detail, okay? And the security detail goes like this. Uh, You will go through a security checkpoint as you enter the building and again, as you enter the courtrooms. Weapons or other dangerous or illegal items are not allowed on the grounds or in the building. Uh, Visitors may not take uh, electronic devices into the courtroom when court is in sessions, cameras, cell phones, tablets, pagers, recorders, or similar uh, items. Visitors May also not take in hats, overcoats, magazines, books, briefcases, uh, sunglasses, display buttons, (laughs) okay? Um, So what the heck, right? So the United States Supreme Court, if you go to visit it, you are not allowed to take anything with you. You definitely cannot take a gun to the United States Supreme Court. Um, And it's such nonsense that right now, as of today, today, uh, May 25th, uh, and, and this is, I think, been the rule for at least a couple months, I have another little rule visiting the court. No, out of concern for the health and safety of the public and the Supreme Court employees, the Supreme Court building will be closed to the public until further notice. Um, Wow. So uh, the building will remain open for official business. You know, um, all public lectures and visitor programs are temporarily suspended. Now, (laughs) they're not even open for anything anymore. So to me, I've always said... Um, anything that the courts do, you know, any sort of ruling has to be somewhat accompanied by what is the rule in that courtroom, right? And even in the the state courts, it's the same thing. Here in the state of California, the courts, the, the state of California courts, let's see, if we look under firearms policy, meaning if, if you've ever gone to the courthouse uh, here in California, firearms policy, 
by general order of the presiding judge, all persons other than police officers um, are prohibited from carrying a firearm in the courthouse. All right. Uh, so this is this is the state court in California. Uh, da, 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 let's see. And in addition, uh, what else is prohibited? All knives, regardless of lengths, stun guns, tasers, pe- pepper sprays, uh, chemical mace, tear gas weapons, all gun shaped lighters, uh, toy guns, replica guns, handcuffs. <laughs> right. Uh, scissors. Exacto uh, knives. What are they? They're worried about somebody doing a uh, art project, right? <laughs> uh, screwdrivers, uh, pliers, wrenches, hammers. Okay, so all of these things are prohibited. Same with the state of Texas, right? Uh, so the state of Texas, the you know the courthouse security. Let's see. First, it, it warns everybody: it is not unusual to spend at least thirty minutes in the security line when appearing for court. You should allow time for this. And this is what drives me nuts when I go to court is that the security line a lot of times takes a long time, right? Um, because the, the way they check everybody and uh, take off your belt and, and you know, uh, run the briefcase through the, through the machine one more time. You know, uh, uh, this is the state of Texas court. Weapons are not allowed in the courthouse. Also, items such as pocket knives, scissors, sharp objects, and self-defense sprays should be left at home, okay? So you're allowed to have it, just not in the courthouse, okay? And uh, all right, so you get, the, you get the point there. So in 2008, the Supreme Court said, no, individuals, the, the reading of the Second Amendment protects individuals from uh, having to, you know— um, having to relinquish their weapons or, or be punished for having weapons. It, it, you know, the right is for the individuals. And frankly, if you look at the second amendment, I mean, that is what it says, <laughs> right? I, I mean, I am in, in my opinion, I mean, if you read it, it says the right of the people to keep and bear arms. I mean, it, <laughs> but uh, this is where it gets tricky, right? So then the, the court also said there is an allowance for reasonable regulations and it's in the, the Second Amendment, okay? Um, so now the Supreme Court said, and then it took this to another level in 2010, okay? Um, and by the way, this isn't like a, a uh, it's not obvious. It's kind of, when the Supreme Courts are making these decisions about gun control, it's usually five to four. So what that means is five justices went one way and four went the other. So if you just had one justice that was on the opposite side, the whole law of the country would be different. That's a lot of uh, power for one judge to have, right? And uh, that judge not being elected by the people, (laughs) right? And not having... um, you know, to worry about any sort of scrutiny on them and not having, you know, and, and not having to worry about anyone having guns near them, right, uh, are making these decisions, okay? In 2010, this is, they upped the the level in the case of McDonald versus City of Chicago, okay? In that case, there was a dispute over uh, a firearm and, uh, the you know, firearm laws of Chicago, and then now remember that other case, the 2008, that was District of Columbia, which is a federal uh, jurisdiction. Okay, this is city of Chicago. So this is a state. Okay, I know it's a city, <laughs> but in the in the federal jurisprudence, we call it the state, you know, because the state is the state or any sort of like little government under the state, including the city. All right. 
So the city of Chicago um, prohibited, you know, they had a lot of uh, these these kind of strict gun laws, and uh, one of them was challenged. And the United States Supreme Court said in 2010 that this Second Amendment um, applies to the state governments, okay, through, you know, the incorporation doctrine of the 14th Amendment that applied the Bill of Rights to the— yeah, applied the Bill of Rights to the state. So what that means is uh, up to a certain point, like the free speech, right to a jury uh, trial and whatnot, all of those prohibited the federal government from uh, enacting certain things, okay? It didn't prohibit the state government. Um, so then the states were allowed to kind of up the uh, restrictions on guns, all right? Um, and then uh, in 2010, this case said no, the Second Amendment also applies to the states. So it's not a situation where a state, you know, like the city of Chicago or other cities or other states, you know, things like that. It's not um, a situation where um, like the state could have like uh, more uh, stringent gun controls uh, than what the Second Amendment says. OK, so, um, OK, here, let me let me let me explain some better terms. So. The federal government could have a rule that says, okay, uh, at the or the, the the United States Supreme Court could say uh, the bare minimum right for a, a a criminal defendant to have the right to a jury is if uh, he or she is facing six months in prison. All right, uh, so if he's if he's facing six months in prison, he has the right to a jury, and only a jury can can convict him. All right, this that's the minimum right. So the state has to give that person you know, a jury trial if that, if he is uh, facing six months. But what the state could do is they could up it in the sense that they could say, if any, if, if, if even if it's a parking ticket, if somebody is, is facing a hundred dollar fine, he could have a jury trial, right? So the state could increase that right. Okay. Uh, They just can't decrease that right. Okay. So uh, in 2010, this United States Supreme Court decision uh, basically said, okay, so here are the rights. And what we're going to do is that the right, <laughs> it's not for the state to then say, okay, here's the bare minimum and the state could make more stringent gun control laws. It was more like, here's the bare minimum and the state could only make more liberal gun uh, restrictions. <laughs> That's a contradictory term. The, the state could only make more uh, lenient uh, rules. Okay. Um, so that, that is where, you know, it's not a situation now where it's something, uh, simple because let's say 98% of the people, let's say, say that, you know what, like this kid in Texas that went and and killed, uh, all these little kids at the school, he just turned 18, right? So he turns 18 and then he goes and buys these, uh, AR-15s and 3000, uh, bullets, right? Uh, so what, even if now, you know, something like, let's say 98% of the people think, okay, let's have the minimum age for gun control. You know, somebody to buy a gun is, is 21, uh, which by the way, you know, my friends were a little weird when, when we all started turning 18, my friends that were just excited, Hey, we're 18. We could go to a strip club now. <laughs> not me, not me, but some of my buddies, you know who you are, Steve, you know? Okay. Uh, that's what they were excited about. Um, so this guy, he turns 18, uh, I guess he had different interests. He went and goes and buys guns. Right. And so, 
Now, if let's say 98% of the people come together and say, let's just make the minimum age 20, just for that, just raise it to 20, dang it. And let's say that um, if you're 20, you can get a gun. Um, and if you're 20 to 22, you have to take, you know, whatever, one class, all right, one online class for four hours. Let's just say they make that rule, okay? Um, 98% of the voters agree, 98% of the legislatures agree, everything. What we ha- the problem then we have is that little tiny minority, right? They could bring a constitutional law challenge to that law and they may win, okay? They would probably likely win because they would, citing the United States Supreme Court cases, they would say, well, we have this individual right and the state could only make more lenient rules, you know, rules like, okay, on your quinceanera, your 15th birthday, you could buy a gun, right? The state could do that, but they can't be more restrictive, okay? And that's kind of the the policy behind the, the Constitution is that they say, well, we want to protect the government from like like screwing over like a couple people for the benefit of the whole good, you know? Um, and so because we could, 98% of the people could all come and agree, say, hey, let's make Joe Samuel pay more taxes just for the hell of it, you know? Or let's just, you know, have the uh, the river like go over Joe Samuel's house and screw him, you know? Um, we don't care about him. Uh, you know, the constitution wanted to protect minorities like that. And then um, if you do have that type of law, even if 98% of the people agree to that type of law, like screwing over one person, or in this case, the gun control, even if 98% of the people agree, um, it it won't pass constitutional muster. So that law that ups the age, for example, or if a law makes somebody take a four-hour class or something, or, you know, an extended gov- uh, background check, what whatnot, all of those things are most likely going to be da 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 unconstitutional, according to the United States Supreme Court. Um, you know, I guess the United States Supreme Court, and they, they have said things like, well, there are allowances for, you know, some sort of, <laughs> if if the law, if it passes some sort of like, you know, strict scrutiny and there's no other way to protect some little thing, you know, uh, we could have laws that protect People, the government, or, or we could have laws that restrict gun control. Um, man, that's another double negative. We could have laws that restrict gun access, all right? For example, somehow they've made it legal to restrict gun access into the courthouse, for example, <laughs> okay? Uh, for example, in one case in 2009, there was a, you know, in the federal gov- uh, government buildings, including the post office, they had a sign, no guns allowed in the United States post office, right? Some guy, what was his last name? Dorison, he walks in with a, uh, a loaded gun, he got arrested. So he challenged that law saying, it's, uh, it makes no sense and it's violating my second amendment right to be able to carry a loaded gun into the post office, right? Um, you know, I guess they didn't want him to go postal. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So anyway, so they uh, he goes in and, and he gets arrested. It, that case goes all the way to the United States Supreme Court. The United States Supreme Court says, no, it is okay to restrict that. So I don't want anyone to get the impression that, oh my God, now we can't make any restrictions on gun control. No, we can make some restrictions, especially if somehow it protects the government, okay, um, or the government employees. 
And even in California, which in 1967, you know, the California gun laws all changed around 1967 because uh, California was very lenient with open carry and, and whatnot. And then in 1967, they passed the Mulford Act. That happened right after 30 armed Black Panthers uh, go to the state capitol in, in Sacramento with loaded firearms and everyone freaked the heck out and they wanted to arrest them. And then those guys are like, oh, this is not illegal, you know? And then uh, within like, I think 10 days, California passed the law <laughs> saying you can no longer carry open carry in California, you know, especially around these state court buildings. All right. Now, the only way uh, that this is going to get there, uh, it's almost impossible. You'd have to have if you would have to have uh, some sort of amendment to the amendment, <laughs> which hasn't, which has happened. I guess if if all the people want to somehow restrict guns, they'd have to have an amendment to the amendment, which has happened. And I'll tell you when, like uh, prohibition <laughs> with alcohol. There was an amendment that said uh, no more alcohol in the United States of America. It obviously didn't work because. People kept getting drunk, right? Then there was another amendment to that amendment saying, okay, we will uh, knock out that amendment. You know, we'll cancel that amendment. Uh, but honestly, just for the heck of it, I don't think anything like that would work. I mean, come on. Like like my good friend says, uh, heroin and cocaine is illegal, but everyone's got it that wants it, <laughs> right? So even if you made it illegal, uh, you're not going to be able to to do anything. Or not, not do anything, but it's going to be tough. Um, then... Uh, so that one might not work. Da, 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 da. And then obviously now it's, it's even tougher because everyone has these like 3D printers, <laughs> right? So they can make guns and sooner or later, it's going to be even easier, which by the way, coincidentally, the uh, the gun manufacturers, the NRA, they hate the 3D printer guns. All right. Uh, I think we know why. Okay. Because they're not selling those. <laughs> um so there you have it. I wish I had some better news, my friends. I don't see this changing in any way. Um, I think the only way we could prevent less school shootings is to have more security guards at the schools. <laughs> I can't, I mean, which sucks, right? Because my preference, and I think most of you would agree, would we just have more math teachers, more science teachers, you know, maybe a, a whatever, an English teacher. Uh, the last thing you want is for schools to have a budget to be like armed guards. Uh, but I don't see any other way uh, other than that. Um, and, and I don't also see... Even if the people and the legislatures got together saying, OK, let's make gun control. I don't think they'd be successful because of those constitutional challenges. And then even if they were, I don't know if it would curb the uh, the usage, just like prohibition did not curb the usage of alcohol. All right. If you have any questions, <laughs> I wish I had some uh, better stuff for Better news, but anything you want, uh, always feel free to call me, email me, text me. Uh, you know, my phone number is 619-672-1741. Leave some comments. I love hearing from the people. All right, see you guys next week.